This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing, is to give our attention to Jesus. Hi, friends. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Captivated. I bless you today with knowing that you are the one who has captivated Jesus and that you are able, even in this moment, to rest in your soul, to rest in his love, to rest in the knowing that the God of all creation is with you and for you. Today, I have a treat for you. Many of you know today's guest, Annie Downs, and for those of you who don't, I'm so happy to make the introduction. Let me first read Annie's bio. Annie F. Downs is a New York Times bestselling author, sought-after speaker, and successful podcast host based in Nashville, Tennessee. Engaging and honest, she makes readers and listeners alike feel as if they've been lifetime friends. Co-founder of the That Sounds Fun Network, which includes her aptly named flagship podcast, That Sounds Fun, and author of multiple best-selling books, including Chase the Fun, That Sounds Fun, A Hundred Days to Brave, and Remember God, Annie is the friend who will shoot straight with you, remind you that God is good, and still manage to make you laugh in the process. Annie is a huge fan of laughing with friends, confetti, soccer, and boiled peanuts, preferably from a Backroads Georgia gas station. <laughs> Welcome, Annie. What an honor and a joy to have this time with you. Thank Hi, you. Stacey. Oh, my gosh. The honor is all mine. It is all mine. So that hearing your bio read in front of you is a strange thing, but the best thing I can say is that we are, I am lucky to get to work with Jesus every day, right? That's what a the gift. thing. See, Exactly. I love your bio, Annie, but John and I were talking about you this morning and um, and he was telling me something that I already know, that your bio is incredible, but the truest, most marvelous thing about you is that you are a deep lover of Jesus. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I hope so. As deep as I know how to be today. I hope it's deeper in another year and another year and another Amen. year. But, Amen. But yeah. There, I mean, there, the other we sat in our podcast studio yesterday and we're working on something. Um, in 2023, we're doing a whole podcast where I read the Gospels every month. <gasps> so oh, what? we literally Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John 12 times next year. And, oh, how marvelous. Right, because I just thought, I want people to meet Jesus, right? Whether they are yes. already Christians or not, I want them to meet Jesus. So we're yes. reading it, and we realize that I'm off by one chapter. And, and as we're sitting in this studio, Stacey, I just, we started to fix it. And then I said, you know what? Let's pause and thank Jesus that he is working with us. That he, he said, yes. look, you're off by one chapter. Like, look, you missed one thing. And it, it, what a, how lucky are we for all the troubles that go along with being a, a believer in uh, the love story yes. in the middle of a war? What, yes. a, what a joy that he sits here with us and works with us and everything. It's just that it, he's so kind. He is so kind. We're not alone. No. We have a guide. We have a friend. Yes. Oh, how many times he has rescued me. I, it's beyond counting. Oh, that's what I say at the end of every book I write when I'm doing the acknowledgments. I say, Jesus saved me once, but he rescues me all the time. 
Oh, that's brilliant. That's it. That's, that's how I really feel. really true. Right? I just feel like he rescues us from a work. I mean, one of our jokes around here right now is we say, well, I wish we'd have caught that the first time, but I'm glad we caught it now. You know, <laughs> because the, Jesus just it just helps us catch things that so that the products we make and the opportunities we have to influence people's lives are as excellent as possible by a bunch of humans. Yes, making them, you know. Yes, exactly. I know that when I get to the opportunity to speak or teach, just praying for the anointing, the Holy Spirit will speak through me because I know that however brilliant I am, if He's not in it, it's who cares. Yes. Right. But if he's in it, it doesn't actually matter. <laughs> yeah. There's a um, part of reading the Gospels every day, you know, and recording it as you read every word. And there's a line in the Gospels. I, I wish I had my Bible so I could read it to you. But uh, Jesus is telling a parable and the people in the parable are serving a meal. And at the end, instead of the person who who's being served, being thanked by the host, the person says, this is just my duty. You know, and I and, wow. and it really stuck out to me yesterday when we were reading because I thought, yeah, Jesus, this is just like, of course, this is what we do. Of course, we have yes. we have run-ins with the forces of evil. Of course, we get to work on books and projects that are really fun. Of like, we just gonna do it again tomorrow. We did it today. We're gonna do it again tomorrow, and it is uh, it is just such a I don't know. I don't know how people do the work that we get to do without the experience of sensing Jesus near, not all the time, right? Because our feelings are just our feelings. But but the knowledge that he's with you in the work makes the hard days so palatable and helps you name your true enemy. Your coworkers aren't your enemy. The technology's not your enemy. The people on the other side of the work are not your enemy. The enemy's the enemy. And and so it, it keeps us focused on who's the winner? It's Jesus, not us. Who's the enemy? It's the enemy, not us. (laughs) Amen. We have a um, something here in our ministry just to avert conflict is to remind ourselves of that and then to remind ourselves of one another that, you know, their heart is good. Yes, yes. And their heart is for me yes. and my heart is good. We, we're on the same page. Now let's work together. Yeah, it just lowers it's the temperature, so doesn't it? When, when, every, it does. when you know in the back of everyone's head that one of the soundtracks of your workplace that we luckily get to have here is, yeah, our enemy is the enemy. So let's, and and the hearts of people, everyone is doing the best they can with what they have. And and we are all going to make mistakes and I'm the chief of them. Right. Yes. So yeah, I I like finding things that lower the temperature and remind us like we're not a hospital. There aren't emergencies around here. Right. There's not podcast emergencies very often. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's so good. All right. I'm just going to ask you a question that's completely unrelated. Oh, good. You are a huge soccer fan, so yes. uh, we're recording this in advance because of the holidays. There's eight teams left today. Yeah. Who are you cheering for? So the Men's World Cup that's been going on for a couple of weeks, I was really for the U.S. team as an American citizen, but also a couple of our guys yes. that play in the MLS for Nashville oh, were wow. also on the team, so it was fun to watch them. I'm a big fan of the England team. I think they have a lot going on. I think they're interesting to watch. Um, yes. I think they have a lot of players who, and, and and maybe this is our nature as believers, but also when you see people that are publicly faithful, you kind of, to oh, God, you're so kind of like, good. here we go. So Saka on the England team <laughs> is real public about his faith. But then also um, Giroud on the French team is really public about his faith. So I'm kind of into them too, but they're about to play each other. And so <laughs> uh, I just love oh, it. I think, I think global tournaments are so fun. They are. It's just a beautiful thing to watch. I, I grieve the 
way that Qatar handled a lot of the the human rights and the and the conditions and the I don't know corruption that exists behind what we see and at uh-huh. the same time I will hold in the other hand that I love global tournaments particularly around soccer so both are true yeah yeah all right now back on track wait do you have a team y'all are cheering for is there someone you and your boys are well loving? well of course we were rooting for the United States yeah. but um now it is England. We have a ton of friends yeah, in England, and yeah. we're just coming alongside. And they haven't won for decades, mm-hmm. and so that would be really exciting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the deeper thing that I'd love to ask someone like a Pete Gregg or, you know, is be like, what's the spiritual implication of England being good at <laughs> soccer? Because I think, I mean, for better or for worse, I think everything has a spiritual connotation or a spiritual meaning. And so it does the queen passing away this year and England soccer doing really well globally. And what is all of this? I want like the English uh, prophets to to say, here's what we sense Jesus is doing. And it's putting England at the center of the world stage in a way it has not been in decades. Right. There's a lot going on. It's cool. A lot going on in there. Oh, okay. (gasps) That'd be another podcast. (laughs) But Jesus come. Jesus come. Um, you know what? You you read your bio and you read your incredible books. You're doing so much, so much good and so much true. Like, I know that it's easy in, in a world where you become more public, mm-hmm. become more known, that it can be a hard world to navigate. Mm-hmm. But I just bless you that you are you are who you are. Thank you. And and what I would love to hear is a little bit about your journey into all of this. Yeah. How you know you didn't just boom right. get on the stage. Like what has the journey been like for you? Yeah, I mean, faith wise, I became a believer when I was really young. I was like five. Yes. I remember it really Aww. clearly. I like to jokingly say that the Lord was like, I can't have her 16 and not connected. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get her when she's five and deal with all the fallout of, of her teenage years with Christ. Um, but I actually studied in college at the University of Georgia to be an elementary school teacher. That was kind of yes. the dream I always had. And it's really interesting because when I talk to people about their calling in life or their purpose in life, I'm like, I've kind of always had one. The Lord has just had it have multiple expressions. That's the way it works. Yeah. The thing I say all the time is I will entertain you until you learn something. And that's, and that's what I did with fourth graders. And that's what I do with people on the other side of podcasts and the other side of books is like, I, God has just gifted me. My dad's a a CPA who does stand up comedy. And my mom oh my is goodness. a Bible teacher. And so I am both of those things. Like there I, you go. my DNA <laughs> did this. I am nature and nurture. And so I really got into writing and speaking and kind of doing this as a career when I was still teaching elementary school. Some doors just opened oh. to do some writing. And the youth pastor was sick one Sunday and asked me to fill in. And I was like, yeah, I can do, I can teach youth group. I've taught high school Sunday school for years, which is, which is so great to get to sit with 20 year olds or 30 year olds. And then be like, how do I do this job? And I'm like, well, no one knew I was doing this for almost a decade because I taught high school Sunday school every Sunday or every other Sunday I shared with another teacher. And so it's, I don't know how long you can last in a global ministry if you're not doing local ministry and if you aren't plugged in locally. And um, so that's a huge priority to me. And it's also how I started. And so in 2012 is when I got my first book deal. But of course, as you know how this goes, I wrote the book in 2006. And so it is not, it is not like I have this dream and now I have a full-time job. It's like, 
No, I wrote a book and then two years later I quit teaching school and then I was doing nanny work and part-time work at a nonprofit and my first agent and I quit working together because we got 47 no's. I mean, just like an incredible amount of no's on my first book. But what a gift from God because now what happened in that when I got all those no's and I had moved to Nashville from Atlanta and told people I'm an author, I'm an author. And then no one will let you be an author. (laughs) Yes. And this is kind of a gross analogy, but the way that when you have to rip uh, raw chicken apart, that's what Uh God had to do with my identity and my job. Oh, And that would have only happened if those no's would have made me have a season where I thought, what if I don't actually get to be an author? Who am I? And so then the Lord can hand it back to me in a really different way. And my identity is not connected with my job as best I can. Of course, there's moments and of course I'm human, but but not like it was when I was trying 11 years ago. And so now it's very like, man, I I love the work I get to do, but me and Jesus and my life are so much bigger and separated from my job that my job is important, but it is not my life or my relationship with Jesus is not directly all the time tied together. But I had to get all those rejections, right? You have to get rejections to get that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to go back to what you said about our calling yeah. and for those listening, we think that it, it's going to look a certain way. Yeah. This is my calling. I'm called to teach. So I'm going to teach in this arena. Yes. Whereas God has multiple avenues for that to become expressed. And, totally. and it's really fun yeah. to go, it's still your calling. Yeah. And it's going to be revealed in all kinds of ways. Totally. And then also it's not a straight line. Uh, ever. I mean, when I ask the Lord to make the crooked places straight, like it says in scripture, I'm like, I'm talking about my life path too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Can wildly you just... crooked. <laughs> yeah. But then the essential thing for every is your identity. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Who are, are you what you do? Are, are you what your relationship is? Yeah. Are you anything yes. other than... The beloved of God. Yeah. Yeah. The, right? That's that's everything. And the interesting thing about our calling is to me, I see my calling of entertaining long enough that they learn something plays out in my job and all the public ways, but also in the women I disciple. And also in some uh, of the men that I, I have some young guys that were baseball players in town and in, in college. They're like little brothers to me. Uh-huh. And so they're in my life too. And so I go, oh man, for all the public ways. And all the ways that the Lord uses my calling to also help us meet financial goals, it also is how I do ministry in my private life. And it's how I do relationship in my private life. And so at some point, the job part may shift and change, and so may the discipleship part, but they run tandem. And and I know they run tandem because I can say, yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm I'm doing what my main calling is. Oh, that's so good. So you became a Christian, made a choice for Jesus when you were five. Is that when you first fell in love with him? Or can you share a story that maybe is even recent about where you fell in love with him again? Yeah. I mean, gosh, yesterday sitting at the podcast table when it felt like he was sitting here with us, all those kind of moments make me feel like he is so near and so easy to love. But uh, let's, let me think. I remember some real clear moments as an elementary age kid, as a middle schooler of reading a scripture or singing a song that I had learned. Um, When I was in high school, I was trying to decide where to 
one of my siblings was being um, removed from public school and put in private school. And my parents kind of said, hey, listen, this offer is available. And okay. I'd been a public school kid my whole life and was really involved in my high school. And at, and at our summer camp, I just felt this Jesus kind of going like, I, I remember walking up to the altar. You know how high schoolers are. Like, I went up to the altar and did one of those, you have my life. I'll go wherever yes. you tell me to. I'll go anywhere in the world you tell me to. And what I sensed was, will you go to a different high school? And I was like, no, oh. I'm in Africa. I'm in Africa. After, <laughs> I know. After, I, know. I didn't mean you were going to mess up my life currently. I meant I'll go yes. anywhere, right? And it's moments like that where you go, it is very often, Stacey, correct me if this theology is wrong for starters, but very often to me, it feels like I'm 42. In my 42 years of life, there have been one or two directives and there have been hundreds of invitations. Oh, you're right. Where exactly. it just feels like, hey, I have a beautiful story if you're willing. If yes. you're not, I still love you and I will still write a beautiful story with your life. But but here's another level. Yes. And I've said yes, I hope, a bunch of times. And I think I've said no more times than I wished. And there have been about two that have felt like go or do. And then you go yes. like, oh, you're not kidding. You're not, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, right? Like, you usually invite me. This isn't an invitation. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, uh, so here's a falling in love with Jesus story. Last summer, I went on vacation by myself for the first time. I am not married yet. I don't have kids yet. And as those years tick on, I try to have this perspective of if this is your last summer unmarried, how can you not waste it? If this is your last Christmas, <gasps> right. can you hold the feelings of loneliness and disappointment? And can you also go, okay, but if this is the last one where I control my calendar, and if this is the last uh -huh. one where I get to be with who I want to be with, with no compromise, where will yes. I be, right? So try yes. to enjoy the selfishness and, and hold the parts that feel disappointing. So I went on a vacation by myself last summer and I had just finished reading Get Your Life Back. And on, on a Monday night on this beach trip by myself, I felt, I really felt Jesus invite me to go on a walk on the beach with him. And I thought, this feels weird, but I'm gonna go because I want to practice this kind of friendship with Jesus and this kind of relationship yes. that is more than when I sit and pray. I may cry <laughs> telling you this, by the way. I'm feeling it. Uh, and as I'm out there walking, I am having conversations with Jesus like he is standing there. Yes. And it just felt so in a world where my life changes and I'm married with children or I am. I'm unable to vacation because I'm trying to save up for something else financially, or my parents need me for something. It was this like, hey, you know how you wonder if this matters a ton? I'll let it matter a ton. Right. Oh, and so we just went on yeah. this walk on the beach and talked about really important things. And one of the things I said to Jesus is I said, am I, am I overly sensitive about this one particular thing? Because I feel like my feelings get hurt and my feelings feel so big I feel like I'm overly sensitive. And he said so clearly, no, I just made you with a really soft heart. Oh, and I was like, okay, then it's just always going to be like this, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, so this yes. is just the response. Yeah. And it was really, it was really kind. And it was such a good friendship moment. So I think I fall more in love with Jesus, the more I feel his friendship. <sighs> 
Oh, that's so good. That's so good. It was really I love sweet. that he is the friend yeah. that's closer than a brother. Yeah. And that it does rest on invitation. Yeah. You know, 90% of the time. Yes. And then when, when it's not, I've had a couple of times when he was very clear that I was to do something. And it was one in particular it was too scary for me in yeah. the moment. And yeah. I didn't do it. Wow. And he said, that's okay for now. Yes. Yes. But not next time. Yeah, that's right. No. I had that experience at a Dairy Queen. I wish this had happened at a Whole Foods, but at a Dairy Mine Queen. Mine was at a Walgreens. Yeah, there we so. go. <laughs> and where, uh, where I knew there was someone that someone walked into Dairy Queen crying by herself. Uh, and uh-huh. I was like, listen, Lord, I'm not here to do ministry. I'm here to get my blizzard and ha- be in a yes. mood and get out, right? And I walked out and it was that like, Annie, go back. And I was like, it was almost like I couldn't get in my car. Do you know that feeling of like, yes. it is almost magnetic and you don't want to do it. I, you know, so yeah, I don't want to walk up to some girl crying in a Dairy Queen. She doesn't want me walking up to her, but I did. I went and pretended like I was getting napkins and then I just stopped and talked to her for a second. And she never admitted that anything was wrong. She just said, no, I'm fine. And I was like, well, we're both at Dairy Queen at the same time. And I just don't think that's a coincidence. So if there's anything going on and she was like, no, I'm okay. And I walked out and got my car and I will never know. But I knew, I knew that that was a turnaround and go back in there moment, you know? That was, that is beautiful. Mine was a turnaround and go back in there moment as well. Yeah. And I did. And they were gone. (sighs) Yes, that's happened to me before too. Just makes your stomach hurt, doesn't it? It does. It's like, oh, Jesus, let me be quick. Let me quick to say yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I appreciate that he lets us try again, that he goes he like, does. hey, Annie, you didn't, you didn't hit it, but I got Stacey Eldridge coming into Walgreens right after you. She's going to handle it. <laughs> like, she, you know, like that's. <laughs> so when, I know he's going to do it. He's going to take care of it. Yeah. And then our joy is when he invites us to partner with him, yes. which is so awesome. It's so, so awesome. So, and I was going to say, and it's so fun, which is a great yes. segue into your book. That sounds fun, which I love. My copy is just dog-eared oh, all so over kind. the place and underlined. Thank you. And I want to talk about that a, a little bit because we are still, guys, we're still at Christmas time. Yes. In the church calendar, it goes on until January 6th. Yes, Epiphany. I love it. Epiphany. And it, this season is supposed to be a season of joy. And for many, it is, though none of us are living in it without some level yes. of disappointment. Yes. And that just comes with it. And and you were a woman of deep joy. Thank you. So um, can you talk a little bit about how we're supposed to experience joy even if or yeah. even when? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that very theologically sound movie Inside Out taught us <laughs> how this yes. really works. I mean, that changed my life seeing that movie because I felt like For the three and a half decades that I lived before that movie, my bent is toward joy. I am an extrovert. I identify most closely with Enneagram 7 life. I am a let's go and have fun and not feel pain kind of person. So joy comes pretty naturally for me, but it is surface level when you don't make space for sadness. Yes. Right? There's a depth of ocean and a depth of color. There's a radiance that does not exist when you are pursuing joy without telling yourself the truth about the sadness and disappointment. Yes. And so even as I I think you may know this about me, but even as I'm looking toward our Christmas celebration with my family, we have family that's in recovery that happened recently. And my sister and her husband lost a baby this year. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. And at the same time, we're having a butterboard competition to see who can make the most delicious butterboard. And I am in charge of pajamas, (laughs) and it is the most coordinated, fun year of Christmas pajamas we've ever had. Oh, I could cry. So we we get to hold all of that. We get to expect that there is sadness and disappointment and and uncomfort and people that will walk in with unneeded shame over what they've walked through this year and, and deep loss. And also, we will pursue laughing together. And we will try to have fun together. So that, to me, really, Stacey, that is the, the real epitome of deep joy is telling yourself the truth about the sadness, but not, not living there. Telling yourself the truth about the fun and the happiness and the beauty of Christmas, but not pretending like the other side isn't true in all of our lives to some degree this year. Right? right. That's a, y'all talk a lot on Captivated and on Wild at Heart podcast that our tanks are still low. Our reserves are still low. We have not built back. And honestly, I don't know that we will. The longer y'all talk about it, the more I go, is there a world where we just can't go back to unknowing what we know? Right, right. And so I don't know that my reserves will ever feel like they did in 2019 when I could have bounced back from anything. Right. And so in that, I think, what does it look like to build up as much reserve as I can? And that is pursuing fun and pursuing joy, but not at the expense of lying to myself or my community about the sadness. Oh, I think living honestly is, it's essential. It is. You can't live in denial and you won't know joy if you're living in denial. That's right. And looking for lovely, you write about an analogy of watermelon seeds. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. Can you talk (laughs) about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, you just don't expect a watermelon to come from such a small thing, right? Yes. And you know, if you're putting a watermelon seed in the ground, it is tiny and it's going to create this beautiful thing that feeds us, but you aren't going to expect another fruit. What you plant is what you get, right? Yes. And there's just such a, there's such, I get to say a lot with my friends, we have this conversation a lot that what happens in nature is meant to teach us what's going on in the spiritual. Yes. Yes. And I think that's why getting outside matters so much. My mentor will Marco Polo me almost daily from her outside walk and she'll say, Annie, there's no bad weather. There's just bad clothing. Get out there today. Oh, Get out that's there such today. a good sentence. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's, it's so nourishing. Yes, yes, and part of it is I need to see a seed develop. And I need to see a tree let go of its leaves when they are most beautiful, not hang on because they're beautiful. Oh. And I need to see what rain does to a sidewalk or to a creek, right? Like the rain that's ruining my fun is also making the creek what it needs to be to sustain our environment. And so I need to see all of that to hold yes. the joy and the sadness, even of what happens outside. Yes. It is so instructive. Yes. It's so beautiful. Yes. And that the larger story is that joy wins. That's right. Jesus wins. That's right. Life wins. Yeah, that's right. Again, it is the holding both of we are in a war. We have a real yeah, enemy are. that does not want to see light go into any of the darkness. And it feels like, and maybe every generation has said this, and it's just that I'm getting older, but it feels like he is doubling down. Oh, I think he is. I think he is. I think he knows. This is a rough, rough world we're living yeah. in now. Yeah. And so if he's doubling down, I want to as well. <laughs> I want. Exactly. I mean, one of the things we've talked about a little bit here at work is as we are sensing an increase of a pushback against the work we're doing, it requires uh-huh. a purification of your life. 
It does. You have to take it so seriously. Oh, because I'm like, I was going to gossip about somebody. And in the moment, I sense the Lord be like, you can't open any doors right now. You can't open yeah. any doors right now. Because the, the outside, the enemy's plan is already a- aggressive. And you can't, yes. you can't give him anything. You can't. And so little sins that you could get away with. Even getting ago, mad at somebody who cuts me off on the freeway. Yeah, I don't have, I, like, I, I don't have permission to those anymore. Certainly I'm a sinner no. and certainly I will every day. Yeah. But when I can catch myself and go, oh, I can't yes. give him a foothold. I can't give yeah. him a, a doorway. And so in that, in that battle, I hold, Jesus is going to win this thing. I know how the end of the yes. story goes. So yes. we're good. And also, this may cost us a lot. Yeah. And we aren't guaranteed to hold on to everything we've got. We aren't running across the finish line with all of our awards attached to us and all of our trophies strapped on our backs. We may lose things that really matter to us. Good thing we know who wins. Good thing this is the short part of the story. Yes. But we are not going to get to the end and go, that was pretty easy. It doesn't seem. No, no. And I think that's really important for people to hear because early on, and I thought, I follow Jesus. Yep. I do what he's called me to do. Then I'm going to feel and soar. But I have found that doing what he's called me to do and what I love to do wipes me out more than anything else. Yeah, that's right. I'm exhausted. Yeah, it's tiring. I mean, I, I think we will limp across the finish line. You know, and that's okay because if we it have is. 18 people who didn't know Jesus before that in our 75 years of life met Jesus because we limped across the finish line, great. Woohoo! Right? I know, I know. It's worth it for the one. Yeah, we get to partner with so. him and going after the one. Yeah. And limping out is okay because he is the one. He is the one that is going to finish what he's begun. Yes. He is the one who is faithful. He is the one who will never abandon us. Right. He gets all the glory because he actually does all the work. Because the one we'll see coming in the sky is the friend who walked with me on the beach. Yes. Right. That's it. Is the, is the one we'll see coming in the sky <sighs> is the one that we know. We know him. And so oh. it won't be, we'll go like, Oh, this was all so worth it because I got to know you. I mean, it's one of the things our pastor Kevin has talked about before at Crosspoint Church here in Nashville, where he's like, when we get to heaven, we won't have to have faith anymore. And we won't have Uh, to worship like this. We don't have to worship through pain because there won't be pain. We won't have to believe what we don't see because we'll see. Yeah. So let's cultivate all that right now because this is our only shot. Exactly. And even there, we won't have the opportunity to go back into the Dairy Queen or go back into the Walgreens. Right. Because they'll be well. But now yes. we get this opportunity yes. to pray for, minister to, yeah. love on. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And then to get to know him yes. here. Yes. I remember that one song. Remember, it's like, so that there's no big change when I see you because <laughs> yeah. I know you so well. <laughs> no big change. Yes. There you are. Yes, that's such a sweet. I mean, that makes me want to pray that, Lord. Like, Jesus, when I see you, I don't want it to be, I don't want to be surprised at all. Because I already yeah. knew you. You won't be surprised when you yeah. see me. So you yeah, know. right. And so I don't want oh. I don't want him to. I don't. I love that idea, Stacey. That's really sweet. And it feels like again we get to hold both of like life is hard and God is faithful. Life is hard and yes. Jesus is our friend. I mean, both of those are going to yes. be true. I can't yes. imagine knowing that life is hard for everyone on this planet to different degrees. And, yes. and a bunch of them don't know that there's a hope that will make it better. Doesn't change the uh, situation, but it sure makes it better that he's my friend. Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. 
Annie, what's bringing you joy these days? Oh, what is bringing me joy? You know, feeling so on purpose at work and the ministry we're doing has brought me real great joy. It's almost like when you feel um, when you feel pushback, when you feel some resistance to the work, it it lights something in me. Oh, that's good. And and so I I don't like anyone suffering on behalf of the work we're doing. I was it y'all's podcast? Someone recently was, I think it was when y'all were checking on your staff. I was listening to someone's podcast yes. lately and I, um, and I just cried listening, thinking my sweet staff members, I live on this boat. They have yes. chosen to be on this boat and uh -huh. we are going through storms and I'm tied to the mass. There's no me getting off of this, but they're choosing it. And I think, God, reward them times a thousand over whatever you give me because they're yes. choosing. They believe in the calling God's put on my life. Uh-huh. I don't get to walk away from this. They do. And they choose uh -huh. not to. You know, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. So that brings me a lot of joy. Our staff is incredibly fun. We like being together. We like each other a lot. And so that's really fun for me right now. Um, I have a nephew who's two. And he is oh. just, he's the first grandchild. It is like, he's given my parents 10 more years of life, you know, like they, he has just brought us all so much joy. He's real funny. He's redheaded like a little miracle. Oh. And so, yeah. So that's what comes to my mind first is I'm so thankful for the work we're doing right now. And especially the let's read the gospels podcast that we're launching in 23. We were doing a Q and a the other day and people are like, is there going to be commentary? And are you going to tell us what you learned? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to read you the Bible. And then I'm going to say a little prayer to end your morning. And then I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is the teacher that the Holy Spirit is. You don't need to hear from me. You need to hear from the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to read you three chapters of John and then read you three chapters of Mark, you know, and, and just work our way 12 times. And that feels like it, it's going to be really hard, right? Because it takes a lot of time. And I also go like, again, if this is the last thing he calls me to, if this is the last thing he calls me to, then I want to have done it with such excellence and such joy. And, and such knowledge that it was on purpose and at the right time. Something we joke around here a lot is saying like, maybe God invited someone else to do this first, but they said no and will say yes. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know who he invited first to read the gospels on a podcast, but we said yes to it. And there's probably things I've said no to that he's handed to someone else to say, Annie wasn't willing to do that ministry, but I am. So I'm grateful for whatever reason he invited us to be the ones who get to read the Gospels as a podcast. That is so beautiful to, to read the Gospels. Right. There's nothing more important than letting people know about him now. That's right. And letting people really experience him in his work. That's so beautiful. Annie, there's so much that we could talk about. and We are running out of time. And friends, I want you to know that I'm going to put all of Annie's resources and ways to contact her, be in touch with her, her podcast, ways that you can get more from this deep well of a woman. You can hear in my voice that I'm a little sick, so gasping for air. I'm going to ask you, Annie, would you bring this to a close by praying for our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, Jesus, we just thank you that you know every one of us. I just... I keep going back to that picture of like when you see us face to face, you know exactly who we are. You're not surprised because you so intimately know each of us. So God, my prayer for 
2023 for our friends listening, for Stacy, for the team at Wild at Heart, for the team at Captivated, for for all of us, is that you would answer prayers we've long prayed, that as we are at work with you on this planet and in people's lives, that um, that this would just be a year of great fruit and great flourishing, and that you would be our protector and our guide yes, and our God. healer. That you would be our dearest friend. That at the end of 2023, we would say, um, the biggest thing that happened is I am a better friend of Jesus's than I was when this year started. That's what I want more than anything else, Jesus. I just want to know you better. So we love you. We are grateful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's a beautiful prayer. And I say yes and amen. And thank you so much for being with us. What a gift. What a blessing you are. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. I love the ministry. So I'm honored to serve y'all in any way because you serve me constantly. If you knew how much y'all served me <laughs> and spoke into my life. So, so bless you, friends. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>